You're listening to the IFF TV podcast, presented by Paul Nealon. Hello, McLawyers Football Fan TV. It's myself, Paul Nealon, and I'm with Gary Spain, and we've got Milos from the Serbian Football Twitter account, and he's basically here. To do an opposition preview, and he's going to give us the lowdown on Serbia. First up, Milos, thanks for taking the time out to have a chat with us. No problem, anytime. Hello, Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> so you're obviously uh, getting on to us from from Canada. And um, what's what's your Serbian LinkedIn? I'm from there. I've just been in Canada, living here, working here for the last couple decades. But <laughs> I'm from I'm from Serbia. I'm Serbian, so it's my my uh, national team that I support and I support Canada as well because I live here but Serbia is no- number one by far <laughs> so so just on the Serbian squad obviously there's been a lot made out about the manager and stuff like that coming in and these didn't have a manager up until that long ago so what's what's kind of been the the thoughts of the Serbian fans is you have like 20,000 followers on your Twitter account. So I imagine that you'd have a good interaction with the fans and, you know, so what's the general consensus among the fans there? Yeah. uh, Well, yeah, we didn't have a manager. We didn't have not, we did not have a manager until, uh, you know, about three weeks ago. Um, Our FA is known for being uh, very corrupt and crazy. (laughs) So, uh, the old manager was fired, and then they said they'd have a new manager by December. And then December came, January came, February came, March came, and finally in March they named a new manager. Uh, but the new manager, uh, it's Dragan Stojkovic. He is a he's a legend in Serbia. Um, he played for a national team for 17 years, maybe 18 years. He's a captain for 10 of those years. He scored a brace at Italia 90 at the World Cup against Spain that took us to the uh, quarterfinals. So he's one of the biggest legends in, in Serbian football and Yugoslavian football in general the last like, 20, 30, 40 years. Uh, so most fans are very happy that he's taking over because he's someone that's very well respected. He's had He hasn't had much coaching success. Actually, he has had no coaching success in Europe. Uh, he's won uh, the Japanese League. 10 years ago he's he's mostly coached in Japan and China so he's quite unproven in that sense but he had he does have a 10-year coaching career behind him as well as a amazing playing career and he's, he's a legend here everybody loves him so it's a pretty big uh, question mark to see how he'll do he's never coached in Europe he's never coached a national team uh, but I think most people are very happy because the other options that were out there were, were you know, some horrendous choices that nobody would have liked um, and he's someone that everybody likes and respects, and the players will definitely respect. So uh, it's a lot of a lot of people are happy with that. It's just it was done all very short notice and very quickly. He's going to have one and a half trainings with the team, um, so it's not a lot of time to get used to the players or get a system in. As opposed to Ireland, you guys have had Stephen Kenny for a while now. You had uh, well, it's been a bad while, I know, but it's been. Uh, you know, at least you had at least seven, eight, nine games with him. So you're at least used to uh, a manager and you know what system he's going to play and what players he's going to count on, despite the players you're missing. And we just got a new manager literally three weeks ago. He hasn't met any players yet. So it, it's a tough spot to be in, but people are confident and optimistic because he is well-liked. Yeah, so Milos, I mean, I, I, I was actually at that game in Verona where he scored the two goals against Spain. 
amazing. absolutely amazing. <laughs> so um, I, I know he's uh, Dragon Stojkovic is an absolute legend in in Serbia, and, and a Red Star Belgrade legend as well. Will that cause mm-hmm. any issues with Partizan fans or fans of other clubs? And I had heard there was going to be factions in the camp, and is that sorted out now? Will everybody be united behind him? Well, generally, that would be a problem, but he's such a legend that he he transcends, you know, the club rivalry. There's no there's no partisan fan who doesn't doesn't think he's a legend and loves him as well because of his success for the national team and just being a legend in general. So I, I don't think that's going to be any type of issue. Um, also, as far as far as like factions in the camp and things like that, um, he has not called up a lot of. The veteran players. This is a generation change. You're not going to see guys like uh, Branislav Ivanovic, uh, Nemanja Matić, Luka Milivojevic, uh, Alexander Kolarov. You're not going to see those guys. Uh, they're they're not with the national team anymore. It's more of a new generation of younger players, players that are going to prove themselves. Uh, so he's going to be the the one spearheading that. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. I, I don't expect there to be you know factions or issues like that. Of course, there are many issues with our FA. Our FA president is actually currently under investigation because of money laundering, corruption, ties to organized crime. So the FA, uh, you know, it could be changing and crumbling at any moment, and I'm sure it will be. Uh, but as far as he goes, I, everybody seems to be behind him, and I don't think that'll change unless, you know, there's some horrible results that come soon. I thought it was just our uh, association that were dodgy, but anyway, um, just just on that, you've obviously said he's got rid of a lot of players and stuff like that. But you know, from an Irish point of view, who should we be fearful of in your squad? We obviously know there's like the players like Jovic and even Mitrovic to an extent, but is there some players that maybe Irish fans might not have heard of that should, they should be wary of, or we should be wary of? Sorry. For sure, uh, Dusan Vlahovic, he's the 21-year-old striker from Fiorentina. He has 12 Serie A goals this season. He has 11 goals in his last, uh, I think, 15 or 16 games. I was just watching him play right now against AC Milan. He had a beautiful assist. He's an amazing player. Uh, he, people will talk about Jovic Mitrovic up top, but I think he's going to be the one that starts against Ireland because his form right now is unbelievable. Um, he's very strong, very fast, modern-day striker, uh, he's going to cause a lot of problems for any team. And he got his debuts back in the Nations League in the fall. He was unreal in all those games. He came on as a sub, caused so many issues in the air, on the ground. Uh, with his movement, his strength, he's just an unbelievable player. And he's going to be he's going to be at a very big club very soon because he's he's un- unbelievable. Also, of course, there's uh, Sergei Milinkovic-Savic, plays for Lazio. Uh, he has 10 assists this season, which is the most in Syria. Absolutely dynamic player, bosses the midfield, uh, also amazing in the air, wins a lot of headers, scores a lot of goals with his head. Uh, then there is Philip Kostic, who has, who's a, a winger, left-sided winger uh, in the Bundesliga, Ryan Trapp Frankfurt. Uh, he has, I think, the second most assists in the Bundesliga this season. Very dangerous player, one of the best crossers of the ball in all of Europe, in my opinion. Uh, so there's a lot of players that we have that are um, in amazing form currently and they're doing amazing things. But um, it's it's one thing to do great things for your club. and It's another thing to do it for, you know, as a collective for the national team. So it will be interesting to see what happens. Uh, often we had amazing. All our players were in amazing form in the playoff against Scotland. And then, you know, we played Scotland 
and we had a pretty bad game and went out on penalties. So anything can happen. I'm not, you know, I'm not overly confident just because our players are in great form. It's going to need to all click and connect, and we just don't have a lot of time to set up a side and set up a, a system for, for the game in, in two, three days. Yeah, you mentioned the, the Scotland game, and that, that's probably the game that gives us a lot of hope because uh, we probably think we are better than Scotland. But having said that, <laughs> I would think Russia are probably better than us. And a few days after Scotland, you went and beat Russia 5-0. So is yeah. it a case that if you click and attack, you could absolutely blow us away? But the defence, maybe we may get some chances that you may be weaker at the back because all the players you mentioned were all offensive players as well. Yes, yeah. Our main our main weakness is definitely the attack. I'm sorry, the defence. Um, as I mentioned, a lot of the veteran players and, and Matic, who was the cover for the defence, are, are not there anymore. And we have one really good defender, uh, Nikola Milankovic, who plays for Fiorentina in Syria as well. It's one of the most wanted and, and you know most valued young defenders in Europe. He'll be at a big club probably in the summer. But uh, other than him, it's very uh, shaky and inconsistent. Uh, there's guys that are either uh, you know not playing regularly for their clubs or they're not doing well regularly for their clubs. So the, and our defense is always changing. It's always you know we haven't been able to find a stable, steady uh, center back partnership since we had. Uh, Nemanja Vidic and Nevin Subotic, who were who were in there together for for some years, and then they both uh, retired, and now it's tough to to find people to replace them because those two guys were outstanding players, and and now we're we're struggling with that, and we have been struggling with that for for quite a few cycles now. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, Dragan Stoyevich can can find a defense that works because in in the last couple campaigns that's been our been our major issue is just leaking at the back and giving up a lot of goals. Just, you know, obviously the last time we played, I think he was about us 1-0 at the Aviva Stadium. Group, Serbia, yeah. won, Serbia won the group and we ended up in a playoff against Denmark. That's what so. I thought. Yeah, the famous yeah. five, infamous 5-1. Five um, yeah. But yeah, you're kind of looking like Serbia, they they had our number around that time. Obviously, there was the, the game away. But I'm just... I, I'm a lot, I'm worried going into this game. I'm not going to lie. We have so many players out that, you know, even if we were going into it with our best squad mm-hmm. or team, I'd still be worried going into it. But the fact is, we pretty much don't have a keeper that's been capped uh, at, you know, competitively. And then looking around the team, there's players just dropping like flies. We had four dropouts today and... You know, Why isn't McColdrick called up? I didn't. I saw him play today. I don't see him called up. He retired from international football oh, because really? we didn't get into oh, the Euros really? after the Slovakia game. Yeah. Really? Oh, it's that's a. I I think he's probably one of the better options you had in attack because I watch a lot of uh, Sheffield United. <laughs> he's pretty good, yeah, and he, I think he's been pretty good for Ireland too. I was watching in the Nations League. Yeah, he would definitely have started if if he was available. He he would. I think he would definitely have started up front. But mm-hmm. it's not just him. We're actually missing. We've had so many injuries uh, in recent weeks that it's it's very much a threadbare squad mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. will be going to Belgrade. And uh, yeah, it's 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 very worrying for us. Yeah, and I I, I actually follow Ireland quite a bit. Uh, you guys are one of my you know after one of my one of my teams I follow for sure. 
Serbs always have a soft spot for underdog nations like Ireland, Scotland, nations like that. So uh, I know I, I do follow it, and I, I see that a lot of younger players in the squad. You guys have Cullen, Knight, uh, O'Shea, Connolly. So hopefully those guys are able to step up and and show something because that's the next generation, and, and it'll be a lot will be expected from them, and they'll have to uh, step up, or this is going to be a long qualifying campaign because our group is pretty tough. Uh, Luxembourg emerging, emerging is an emerging side. Azerbaijan, those those Asian teams, or sorry, Central European or whatever you want to call it, Central Asian, but in Europe teams are always really tough, especially if you're going away. We, I know you guys have had experience with Georgia and countries like that, so it's it's always tough. And Azerbaijan is a team that's going to cost some cost someone a second spot for sure. This is the IFF TV podcast. We just want to take a quick break to speak about our sponsors for this video and podcast, Team Fipe. As you can see in the image there, some of the clubs that Team Fipe has acquired, Shamrock Rovers being the main one so far. Team Fipe is an easy to use online payment platform that covers management and administration, finance, club development, communication, governance and COVID track and trace. Club administrators save hours of time with Team Fipe, save time on administration and finance. You can quickly confirm, decline and record attendance at club sessions and events. With a new database created, parents and players register with the system which in turn creates and builds a player database for the club. Team groups can be easily set up for easy access to data. Real-time transaction updates. Team Fipe keeps club administrators or team managers updated on processed payments, but also flags up incomplete transactions and automatically emails the payee to give notice of a future attempt. Team Fipe already works with over 1,000 leagues, clubs and academies and are growing all the time. Team Fipe is proud to be helping clubs across multiple sports. Team Fipe is free to use it's free to install by all of their members. There are no hidden fees, there is no sign-up fee, no annual fee and no monthly membership fee. The processing fee, Team Fipe charge a very modest fee for any financial transaction that they process, similar to the bank or other credit card processor fees. Book your Zoom demo today at teamfipe.com or call on plus 353 This is the IFF TV Podcast. Are you concerned that, it, I mean, Serbia, I, I know we have a really tough start going to Belgrade on Wednesday, but Serbia seemed to have a particularly tough start with ourselves, then Portugal at home, and then travelling to Baku to face Azerbaijan. Mm. So, are, obviously, if it goes right, you could be in great shape. But are, are you concerned with uh, Dragon Stojkovic's first three games could well define your whole campaign? Yes, it's really unfortunate <laughs> because you know, he has. There's no friendlies. You can't have friendlies right now because of COVID-19. So it's really, it's really tough. Uh, he has no time to prepare. He's gonna have two training sessions before the Ireland game. Um, we don't know what system he's gonna play, and all, all that. And players might drop out because of uh, travel restrictions and things like that as well. So it's definitely a tough situation and it's very worrying uh and that last game against Azerbaijan particularly but we do have a lot of depth in our squad except for in defense we have two great keepers so many options in midfield four strikers who are all very capable Mitrovic is not playing well he's playing for Fulham but he hasn't scored in a long time but he has 35 goals for Serbia I don't I have no doubt that he will 
the international game is different than the club game, as we all know. And he's just someone that always scores for the national team, no matter what. And I, I think you can put him in against anybody and he'll be able to put in a good performance just because he, he just shows up. Uh, so I'm not worried about him per se, but definitely worried about the defense because I don't know three games in one week. Uh, we don't really have a stable or regular defense as it is. So who knows what, you know, things will look like at that third game and let alone against uh, Portugal on the weekend. Just you, you spoke there about that. Like, do you look at the, like, yeah, I just look at our squad and like we're missing John Egan, we're missing our probably the two keepers that were probably in there. But like, I know that you were meant to have players or the manager said that players probably won't be able to come traveling from mm -hmm. i'm not sure what nation it was are, are those players available to you or not yeah i think the french players the players from the french league um if they came they would have to uh, quarantine for 10 days upon return to france so it looks like they should all come and they're just gonna quarantine anyways uh because of the importance of these games but um two of the players i would say are very important uh Rakic, the goalkeeper he's one of the better goalkeepers in France, and I would say he's our starting keeper. So that would be a bit of a loss. And then uh, Stefan Mitrovic, who is uh, one of our central defenders, he's probably our more, most experienced central defender. So he would be a loss as well. Um, but we'll see. I think they sounds like they will come, but uh, I'm not really counting on anything. It sounded like we're going to have a whole team against Scotland as well, but we ended up missing you know, six or seven players. So it's it's tough. Tough to predict in this environment. Yeah, well, I'm just kind of looking at our squad. You know, we're missing Dan Randolph, who hasn't missed a competitive game in, I think, five years or, or, or more. Mm -hmm. um, John Egan, who was emerging. And, you know, you mentioned that you watch Sheffield United, so you'd be well aware of him. And, and his sure. importance to Ireland is, is mm -hmm. has really emerged in the last year since Richard Kyo kind of had his... Um, accident with his, with his knee and stuff like that. So we we had players there who are really really big, and that's just two that I've, I've named. There's more. You know, Connor Howerhin was starting to show a lot of form for Swansea in the championship. He's out, uh, picked up a knock at the weekend. I mean, just we're we're absolutely depleted in what we'd normally have. We're lucky that someone like Aaron Connolly's came back in who didn't play for Brighton. He breached the COVID rule or something like that. So I think he was punished mm -hmm. this weekend. But it was good for Ireland in that sense because he was allowed to come back. But are, are you in any way worried of Ireland? Or, or what, what would you be fearful of Ireland if you are at all? Because obviously we, we scored one goal under Stephen Kenny so far. Yeah, well, uh, I have watched most of your games. As I said, I follow Ireland. Um, and I think, yeah, the results haven't been good. Uh, obviously, no goals. Lack of strikers, still depending on guys like Shane Long, which is, you know, probably not going to work out. But um, Ireland actually played all right in the Nations League, I think. You guys held a lot of possession, had some nice passing, just didn't have the end product or, or the final ball, uh, as we would say. So Ireland is definitely a team that's going to be organized. You're going to cause us issues of the physicality as well as on set pieces. You know, there's Duffy, Karen Clark. Uh, those guys are going to be a problem, I'm pretty sure. And I, I don't I don't think it's going to be an easy game for us, despite no matter how many players you're missing. As I mentioned, we're coming off, uh, you know, a disaster against Scotland where, you know, the, the week before we destroyed Norway, which is on paper a much stronger team than Scotland. 
And then we had a horrible game against Scotland and lost on penalties. And so, and then the manager got fired and players retired. And there was a bunch of controversy as well, you know, with some players not playing when they could have played allegedly. So uh, there's a lot of flux for Serbia right now, a lot of uncertainty. It is a new generation. We don't know what to expect from the new manager. Um, Ireland, you've had Kenya, as I mentioned, for a while now. He's very, he's very well, he's very well familiar with all your players as well because he was with the youth team before, so he knows what to get out of those players and what he can expect to get out of those players. And I wouldn't be surprised if Ireland got a result in Belgrade, uh, just based based on that alone. Jesus, I hope you're right. You're giving us a bit of hope there, isn't you, Gary? <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I'm getting a bit more hopeful. I, I I'm very <laughs> concerned about the the attacking talent at at Stoichvich's disposal because I mean any of them would be automatic starters in, in our team as well and guys like Dusan Tadic in midfield as well uh, he was a real handful uh, in Belgrade five years ago and oh, yeah. uh, and that was I, I wouldn't mind a repeat result of that we drew 2-2 there <laughs> we, we opened the campaign for the last World Cup in Belgrade and drew 2-2 in a very strange game because uh, Jeff Hendrick put us ahead very early on but we were giving an absolute pasting for a lot of the 90 minutes. We're 2-1 oh, yeah. down and got the late goal from Darren Murphy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I, I think we got, we got out of jail. We got out of jail that night. And uh, I'd certainly be very happy with the same result if we could manage that on Wednesday night as well. Yeah, and it's basically it's a must-win for both teams because our, our group is a smaller group. There's only five teams, so there's less room for error. If you had a, another team, you know, there's more points to gain. There's there's just every point is so vital in, in the group that has five sides. So it's pretty much a, a must win or at least a must not lose for both teams if we want to be fighting for, for that second spot. Because as I mentioned before, Luxembourg, dangerous side. We had them in the Nations League. We beat them both times, but both games they played really well. They have players now that are playing in better leagues. They're emerging. Azerbaijan going to be a nightmare away, um, especially during these COVID times and the ban. Like, uh, who's going to be allowed to travel by their clubs to Azerbaijan? It's it's another thing you have to think about in, in this climate. So, um, a lot of things to think about, and and this 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 first game is very very important because it will set the tone for what we can expect for the rest of the group. Yeah, I think from our, our perspective, um, it's it's kind of must not lose. I think a draw would be an absolutely fantastic result. And it's probably the, the summit of our ambitions would be to go to, go to Belgrade and, and get a draw. Because the first game in the group is, is just so crucial because if we were to lose, uh, it, it would be very tough to kind of claw it back. Because the way I see it, and I think most Irish people see it, is uh, Portugal will probably win the group in the end. Now, maybe you have more ambitions of, of actually finishing ahead of Portugal, but uh, they just look such an awesome side that right. I think it's probably between the two of us for the, the playoff spot. But who knows? It hasn't even started yet. Yeah, I mean, if you look at Portugal's squad, I mean, <laughs> it's their squad is way stronger than the squad that they won the Euros with. So it's just, I don't think we have much of a chance against them. Although um, they tend to start their qualifiers very slow. Their first couple games, they usually have a slip up. So that's another good thing that we're playing them early. But like, if you just look at their team, they're so stacked on every position. It's going to be very difficult for anybody to take points for them. 
hopefully we can get a draw in that game. But yeah, I think for them, first spot is basically guaranteed. They're just so deep. They're so strong. There's so so much quality in every position. It's going to be very difficult for Serbia or Ireland to to get to get above them in the in the standings. It was just me, Lofs. We we always finish on a score prediction. So can we just get your score prediction and and we'll give ours then as well. Sure, it's tough. I you know I love Ireland. I hate uh, Declan Rice and Jack Wheeler as much as everybody. Yeah, <laughs> go on, yeah, for <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I wish there's a way we can both, you know, go through first and second. Uh, but I think uh, I expect us to win two one or two nothing in, in this game. Okay. Well, look, you know, if you're if we're being realistic and and not being um, optimistic, you probably are right, Gary. What what's your prediction? Uh, my head probably says 2-0 to Serbia, but I'm going to go with 1-1. I, I think we can get at them, go. and my heart <laughs> is saying a, a famous Irish result as usual, a 1-1 draw. <laughs> I'm going to go for 1-1 for one, one myself. I can. I don't know why. I think because we're so backs to the wall right now, I could see us nicking a goal and then Serbia just being on top for the rest of the game and then ultimately just the, the pressure will give in and we'll end up conceding. And one one, which I will absolutely take if it's given to me, um, especially <laughs> considering the amount of injuries and everything else that's uh, gone on to the squad so far. But I think the the good thing we have on our side is we've got Seamus Coleman back in our squad, which we've been really lacking. So I think he'll help in terms of the defence, and he's played alongside Shane Duffy and Kieran Clark before. So and uh, Stevens in there, so we have a pretty good back four. It's just the midfield I'm a little bit worried about. But look, if we can get an early goal and uh, get a one one draw I'd be happy enough with that to just start the group off as Alan Brown said it today you know um taking four points out of the next two games would be you know would be realistic and anything more than that would probably be a bonus so I would have to agree on that for sure and also you guys are due right you're due for for goals you're due for a good result Kenny's had some time now um obviously he has limited options but he's had plenty of time now with the team he should be getting results uh, you know, it's it's just it's the way the way it works. He's it's not like he's a, he's not a new manager by any stretch of the imagination. He knows all these players. Uh, he should have a system in place by now that that can work. But of course, it's going to be difficult with the players that are missing, and obviously with the goalkeeping situation. Uh, that's the main weakness, I believe, because Darren Randolph. I know Irish fans sometimes criticize him, but. If I remember those games against Ireland in, in the World Cup qualifying, he had some pretty big saves. I think he let in a soft one as well in one of those games, but he had some amazing saves, especially in the first game in Belgrade, where we should have scored at least six or seven goals if it wasn't for him. And now uh, I'm not sure who's going to start, if it's Travers, uh, Keller, or whoever else. Travers, yeah, games. Keller is injured as well. Okay, well, those guys have no experience on an international level, so it's just going to be it's going to be tough for them to do anything. Mm, well, he has friendly experience, Mark Travers, but uh, yeah, I know I'd agree, but he's basically next in command after Kelleher, so uh, Stephen Kenny said that in his press conference the last day, but yeah, look, Milos, uh, thanks very much for taking the time out, any Serbian fans that may be listening and uh, haven't heard of your Twitter account, are you just on Twitter, by the way, or are you on Instagram, or where can people uh, find Just you? Twitter, but we also have a podcast, The Serbian Football Show, and we just filmed an episode about the upcoming game that will be out tomorrow, so... Look out for that. We'll talk a lot about Ireland. And all three of us on the show are also Irish fans. So uh, we have a bit of a bit of a – we follow both teams. Uh, not Obviously not as closely as we follow Serbia, but 
we know a lot about Ireland and we follow their games. So we had a lot of insight about, about the upcoming game on our podcast as well, which will be dropping tomorrow on our YouTube channel. Okay. Uh, what's the name of the YouTube channel? The Serbian Football Podcast? Football Serbian Football Show, yes. Okay. So, so anyone can go over and check that. And, and it, it is in English, I assume? It's in English. Yeah, it's all in English. Might have to give it a look myself. <laughs> okay, well, Milos, listen, thanks very much for taking the time out to have a chat with us. We've really, really enjoyed it. Uh, it's good to kind of get a different angle and kind of what to expect. It definitely took a lot out of that, so I'm a lot more wary of, of who to be fearful of go, uh, going to the game. So thanks again for jumping on. No problem. Anytime, guys. Good luck. Thanks, Milos. Thank you. The IFF TV Podcast, presented by Paul Nealon. Like, rate, and subscribe.